The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Thanks for joining us for episode four of The Boys of Tech. I'm Edwin Herman and the other host of the show is Brett King, who is right now in the middle of shifting to a new home. Isn't that right, Brett? That is correct. Oh, the joys of packing and unpacking and things everywhere and places a mess. Yep. Sneezing, coughing, sore arms, sore legs. Yeah, I've just been through that. Wondering how the hell I got so much stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. It's amazing how much stuff you accumulate. It's a, a lot of crap, really. It just It's just crap. Yep. A lot of it is. And I'll tell you what. Throwing it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of that last week. We we shifted place, and I, so I've been through exactly what you're about to go through or are in the middle of going through. But at least the good news for you, though, is that your new place is uh, you're going to be, what, co-owner, I guess, of that place. You, Yes, indeed. You're no longer correct. renting. No longer renting. Decided to move into the big, yeah, the big people's world. Oh, you've you've <laughs> over, you've overtaken me already. We were joking earlier about me buying you a smartphone. I think it should be the other way around, since you're the the one with the home. <laughs> I'm still renting. Yes, but I now own the home, <laughs> which means that I now pay an exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> well, that's true, but uh, I guess to it's going <laughs> and do body corporates and do insurance and all these things, which I was blissfully unaware of and undoing anything about, <laughs> and suddenly, yes. <laughs> yeah, there are there are definitely some good points about renting, but at least your money is going into something, whereas ours is kind of flying out the window, really. Yeah, yeah. Never we'll mind. have to change my life. <laughs> okay. No, no, no much expendable income anymore. Yeah, so no more going out. I'm not going out as much. Well, which is odd, seeing as I'm moving into the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be even more tempting to go out because it's right on your doorstep, literally. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's kick the show off uh, with our first story tonight. It's, uh, I guess, the big story of this week is Microsoft is basically going to be releasing, I guess, two things. One, it's uh, updated uh, Windows Mobile operating system 6.5. Uh, and also, strangely enough, an online marketplace, pretty much well, an, an app like store. Indeed. So are they doing an Apple? They're doing an Apple, aren't they? They are, they are trying to catch up. They've, well, catch up in as far as somebody who is technically ahead in the marketplace can. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> they are taking the good things from their competitors <laughs> that make their competitors better than them and incorporating it in themselves. So let's take a look at uh, what the marketplace is like at the moment in smartphones. Uh, Nokia is number one by a, a, by a big margin. Uh, RIM with their BlackBerry is second and Microsoft are in number three position. So they actually are, you know, pretty much up there. Number three. Yeah, indeed. And so, you've got Apple coming in at fifth. So... 
So <laughs> Apple still have a long way to go. And this is going to, I guess, make it even harder now for Apple to, well, I guess, as you said, it's now, it's really Apple catching up, isn't it? In terms of market share. Yes, in terms of market share. But if they keep their current growth over the next quarter, then they might very well catch up to Microsoft, to Windows Mobile's share. Seeing as Windows Mobile is only sitting at, what, 12-something percent at the moment, and uh, the iPhone's gone to 9%, jumped up three, another three, and then they're <laughs> basically the, on par with Microsoft. So Is Windows Mobile 12%? Yes. Wow, actually, that's a very that's actually not that big a gap when you think about it. Apple going from three to nine, Windows Mobile is at uh, twelve. Like you said, it's actually maybe not that big a step for Apple. I guess it depends what this move that Microsoft is doing now is gonna uh, indeed have. Maybe, yeah. This is probably Microsoft's um, little, you know jolt of extra life into their um, mobile markets to try and increase <laughs> increase that gap they've got there. <laughs> well, it definitely makes sense because at the moment, uh, if you're looking for apps for uh, Windows Mobile, there's really no one central place that you can go to. You have to sort of find these things where you find them, where, where the developers yeah. put them on, on their own websites or whatnot. So I guess it kind of makes sense. And I, I think they, they saw what Apple did and thought, hey, look, this is fantastic. And to be let's be fair, uh, Apple's uh, online app store has really, really taken off. It's a huge it success. Yes. And if Microsoft yes. can do the same, uh, they can sort of, uh, you know, increase their lead and continue to uh, to outpace Apple if they if they can. Yep, I think that's their plan. And actually, while we're talking about uh, smartphones, have you seen the new uh, Palm Pre? <laughs> I have, and it's very nice. Very, very nice. Stylistically, it's very reminiscent of um, the the Nokia N series. Several of those, the N series, have the little flip-outs where you just slide down the Oh, you keypad. slide one, yeah, it sort of slices in half kind of thing, and you've got the keypad at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice looking. Very nice. Have to give them props for that. Yep, I think that's, uh, what, released later this year, I think? Yep, early, um, well, first quarter 2009, according to the... The um, news brief. Oh, so not far away, I guess. Yeah, unless they push it back, which would be very bad for them. So, so I guess they keep it. To be quite honest, for me, it seems that uh, a lot of the uh, smartphones are sort of converging to, I guess, the way that Apple did their their uh, design their iPhone, the kind of uh, buttonless interface, or you know, just one or two buttons. And yep. I've been saying this for a while. You know, when Apple first came out with the iPhone, I, I thought to myself, I said, that's the future. That's the way phones are all going to go. You know, you, yep. not, you know, that's, it doesn't matter who. They're all going to go that way. And I guess uh, to me, they're, all, they're, they're kind of all the same now, really, in a way. Who are the big ones we're going to see? We're going to see uh, uh, Palm's um, Pre. We're going to see, well, continue to see Apple's iPhone. I guess, uh, you know, I haven't yep. actually looked at what Nokia's got on offer. Have they got something in, in a similar configuration or I haven't really looked um, at it? I'm not really sure if they've got um, touchscreen um, phones. They're bound to have. The the N series that we have here in New Zealand, is uh, there's no touch um, touchscreens on those. They're still keypads. Um, but we can get the HTC 
um, touch phones, and they're quite nice. I was I was looking at one of those when I discovered how horrible Apple's and Vodafone's first iPhone dealings here in the city. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually... <laughs> I decided to, to see if there was something else for me. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of smartphones, the, the other rumor, of course, is that Apple is going to release a entry-level uh, phone, well, an iPhone, but an entry-level version. And this is just rumors at this point, but as we've all seen with Apple rumors before, a lot of them end up being true <laughs> coming true yes <laughs> yep so if if uh, what the rumor is uh, comes true what you'll see is uh, a much cheaper phone and obviously there's going to be a price to pay uh, because you know you uh, there's there's got to be so what what's the difference between the standard iPhone and uh, the entry level one well you'll see that the uh, camera is for a start still only and uh, lower resolution that's that's one thing You'll also see that uh, the, uh, sorry, the entry-level phone won't have GPS and the screen will be a lower resolution as well. Mm. So I guess that, that's still all right though, isn't it? It's still all right. Um, it'll still run, the, um, run stuff off the App Store, obviously stuff that doesn't require GPS or, <laughs> or um, motion video. Um, I think there's a market for it. And along coming along with it, you forgot to mention, was an upgrade to the, the current iPhones. Oh, yes. The, yes, the current market point iPhone will be upgraded. I think they're getting a, yep. a higher resolution screen, version. aren't they? Yep, higher resolution screen, uh, a higher megapixel um, camera with video, more internal memory, um, and the ability to um, expand the memory. can't remember what else. That will be nice, actually, ability to expand memory. Yes, yes. That would be really nice. That's, I guess, one thing that was really lacking uh, with the iPhone for a long... In fact, a lot of Apple products sort of tend to be a bit like that. It's like you kind of get what you get. Indeed, and they do kind of take the, the point of, well, we provide you with a multiple different <laughs> hard drive sizes of our phone, <laughs> of our iPod, of our different devices, and you just pick the one that you want. Instead of, here is the one, and what size hard drive do you want in it? <laughs> you just got to make sure you don't change your mind halfway through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, I guess, a smartphone market. It'll be interesting to watch. Something to keep an eye on, eye on over the next six months or so, uh, because that's really going to heat up that, that, uh, Indeed. that area. Definitely going to be keeping my eye out for the um, Palm Pre, see what, uh, when some reviews come around for it. Um, the, the first impressions um, have been pretty good. If they were all the same price, what, what would you get? Would you get the Palm Pre? Would you get the Apple iPhone? Or we don't know much about the uh, new Windows Mobile uh, 6.5 phones, but if, if, you know, would you get one of those? I don't know. If they're all the same price, I'd then have to do the diligent thing and weigh up the pros and cons of each different device. But I'm holding hope out for the, the, the Palm Pre. Yeah, that does look very promising, actually. All right, uh, French planes have been grounded by a Windows worm, believe it or not. Yep. So <laughs> now, hang on, what's going on here? So the, the French uh, military is, is running, uh, what, Vista now or something? <laughs> Obviously, they're running some sort of um, Microsoft operating system on their planes. <laughs> well, hang on. Is, is this actually, this is what I wasn't able to work out. I, I don't know whether this is the planes themselves or the computers uh, at base that uh, you know that that feed information to and from the planes. 
wasn't very clear. But uh, either way, what's happened is they've been, uh, well, they've fallen victim to the conficker worm, which we talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago. And uh, as a result, they've basically grounded all their planes. So, you know, who would have thought, you know, 20, 30 years ago that uh, computer viruses could cause this much, uh, this much effect? Well, uh, quite a lot of people. Eh? Yeah, look at all of the yeah, the movies and stuff that came out in the eighties, <laughs> talking about people and their computers taking over the world. Yeah, but that was sci-fi back then. Well, indeed. But as the cell phone shows, sci-fi does become reality. Yes, yeah, that's that is true. We definitely have seen uh, something. You know, there's uh, there's people now with the little video watches and stuff, and that was one of the things that you always used to see in these sci-fi. Movies and whatnot, but these exist. Yep. Okay, they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, they're not everywhere, but but you can get them. Technology's yep, there, get, indeed. Coming down in price, getting better resolutions. Hey, what was worse about the uh, French uh, planes being grounded is that actually Microsoft, and I didn't mention this, Microsoft had actually sent advance warning. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is just another case of, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get around to that sometime. <laughs> Do many organizations uh, uh, take that sort of attitude? <laughs> well, I think the IT department in the organization took that attitude, and I think they're probably getting a bit of a grilling right now. Oh, I'd say they would be. That's a bad look. That's a bad look. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Uh, another little embarrassing uh, story as well out there is uh, Kaspersky Labs uh, have fallen victim to an SQL hack on their US website. Now, I guess, uh, I mean, okay, they don't sort of make anti-hacking tools as such. Indeed. Uh, it's not know. really ironic. It's more <laughs> still bad form, really. Well, it's still a bad look, isn't it? It is a bad look. Yes. I mean, yeah. you kind of expect them to sort of be security conscious, I guess, simply because they, they make, uh, you know, antivirus products. Indeed. And, and I know the two are very different, but there, there's still something there. It's still a bad look, isn't it? Indeed, it's it's still having a, a, a not properly maintained and <laughs> looked after web servers. What's actually worrying is that the hacker, but now who do you believe? The hacker says they've obtained data such as client names and email addresses and product keys and even lists of bugs that uh, Kaspersky are tracking. Uh, but on the other hand, Kaspersky say that the server was only vulnerable for a short time and they acted quickly to rectify the issue and in fact no data was compromised at all. This is uh, somewhat worrying because, uh, you know, I, well, I don't know who to believe, but, you, you, I mean, if the, oh, hack, yeah. if the hacker is right, I, I guess that would uh, be a huge loss of trust for Kaspersky. Mm, mm. But if the hacker's right, then why don't they prove it? They have the ability to prove their claim. And if they don't prove their claim, then perhaps they are just being a hacker trying to blow their own horn. Well, actually, that yeah, actually, that's true. Maybe you're right, because they haven't actually come out and proved this. They haven't said, look, here are some, here are, you know, half a dozen uh, client details or, or, or uh, product keys or whatnot. They haven't actually come out and said that. They said they have this, but they haven't shown anyone. So yeah. it could just be a case of, as you said, uh, trying to make a name for themselves or a bigger name for themselves than they actually, um, you know, should have credit Indeed. for Indeed. 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 But uh, either way, it's not a, put it this way, it's not a good look for Kaspersky anyway. Uh, what they have admitted was that their, their server was vulnerable. It was at least vulnerable uh, for a short time. Whether or not it was compromised, 
uh, or whether or not data was compromised, we we don't know. But uh, simply uh, having their, their server being vulnerable is, uh, I guess, a bad enough look for them. Especially when they're trying to, uh, you know, get up there with the big boys as they have been. They've been a you know, big up-and-coming uh, antivirus uh, 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 software, uh, software lab. Yeah, indeed. And they make a good product. I, um, up until recently, I was on a, was using Kappa... Kaspersky uh, antivirus. How did you find it? Was it all in I, Russian? No, no, it's all in English. <laughs> <laughs> and worked perfectly fine. I even downloaded an upgrade for it. Do you, do you, do you, still, do you still run it? or? No, at the moment I'm bouncing between freeware versions. Oh, I see. Till I move to my new place. Then I can lay down some some extra dough for a, <laughs> a new subscription. Yeah, but we just talked about that. You're not going to have any uh, disposable income. Well, indeed, indeed. Hence why I'm pouncing around freeware versions at the moment. <laughs> oh, I see. Until you can. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, Germany's established a brand new unit. It's uh, to do with war, but not your traditional war. This is a cyber war unit. So this is really a sign of the times. What they've done is uh, develop this unit to help fight against uh, cyber wars, and I guess there's, they've got good reason. Uh, you know, they've uh, they've had their fair share of uh, hacking attempts. Uh, Indeed. In 2007, the Ch- Chinese attempted to hack through uh, their their systems, uh, and also uh, we know that Germany has had a few spats with Russia, and Russia. Uh, has definitely uh, been uh, the um, what's the word the instigator of uh, cyber war attacks on, on other countries. <laughs> they haven't they haven't attacked Germany as such, but uh, you kind of would stay rather wary. So hence this new unit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a um, it's a sign of the times. I, I would say that they're becoming more common around. They might not be as you know, widely broadcast as as Germany's new one, but. Um, yeah, I think most countries with a, an internet presence are gearing up for ways to defend themselves. So if you wanted to attack another country over the wires, I mean, what would you do? What would you, who, what would you attack and what would you do? It's would you about, c- it's about, um, attacking the, um, internet connected infrastructure. Um, seeing what's connected, what can be, you know, played with um, not quite I don't think to the um, level that you see in, in movies in Hollywood for instance um, the, the last Die Hard, Die Hard 4 <laughs> with the fire sale um, probably not to that extent but I would say there'd be a fair bit of damage you could do getting personal information out of governments allowing you to you know get some actual intelligence by blackmailing different government employees after having hacked into their email accounts or whatever or things like that. So is it really... Off the top of my head. Is, is it more espionage, do you think, or is it uh, denial of service attacks to, to bring down infrastructure? It could be denial of service attacks, but then, of course, they'd be harming their own connections as well, 
with the, the internet being as linked as it is. Um, but it would be um, espionage. What information can you find out um, about the other country without them knowing about it? What seeds can you plant? Can you hack into infrastructure within that country and, you know, place in a back door which allows you to go in and turn off whatever it is or cause havoc? Um, tap into the communications network and either turn it off or send out your communications pretending to be something else. All sorts of things you could be, you know, whatever your, you know, um, imagination can wander to is, is potentially possible. Now, the, what will be interesting is um, the traditional uh, wars, you know, uh, fought on the ground, you know, bricks and mortar type stuff. Um mm-hmm. Is you know the insurance companies will will uh, exclude claims that uh, you know will exclude cover from from war. I wonder if the same would be the case for cyber wars. We shouldn't give them ideas because they'll they'll write those into the policies soon. I'm sure. Indeed, indeed, we shouldn't give anybody ideas no. such as that. <laughs> like that it should be covered. <laughs> well, it's, it's all de- ephemeral stuff. It should be covered. <laughs> Well, it's definitely a sign of the times. So our our army's going to be, um, I guess, uh, what do you call it, rejigged completely. They're going to all have these flash computers and keyboards and mice and whatnot, and that's how they're going to fight wars from now on. <laughs> well, there will always be the requirement for a grunt with a gun. Well, but <laughs> I think one of the, the softening blows, instead of, you know, sending in the planes to bombard first. The first, the first blow in uh, in the the new wars will be uh, hack attempts on government websites and infrastructure and communications within your within the country that is about to be attacked. That will occur first to do as much damage as possible and cause as much confusion as possible. Then the planes will come in with the bombs <laughs> and the cruise missiles, and then. The, the the grunts with the guns. It's actually kind of scary as well what uh, what people can do because uh, I think we saw was it earlier was it last year I think it was uh, Russia took down uh, Kyrgyzstan's government you know websites. Yep. And uh, it's it's just incredible what 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 countries can actually do and what damage they can cause and on the net. It's often underrated. Indeed. I think because people don't really see that, and I'm not quite sure how television coverage is going to work on on internet wars. But uh, you see, indeed, it will be. It it probably be a footnote, a sideline, almost forgotten. Yep. All right. So speaking of wars, actually, uh, are you ready for another format war? We've just had the uh, HD DVD. Blu-ray war versus Blu-ray. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, that was fought and uh, Blu-ray uh, came out on top. Uh, well, HD DVD surrendered pretty much. Uh, yeah. Well, the, guess guess what? There's another uh, format war happening right now, or about to happen, and it's in the realm of 3D video. So we've got Panasonic and Hyundai uh, already have different 3D technologies, and there are others as well out there. So and no, no one's willing to settle on any, any standard at the moment. So what we're gonna, I think, what we're gonna see is the same thing once again, all over again for 3D. Yep, <laughs> I I wholeheartedly agree with you there. That is exactly what we're gonna see, and the same with um, 
what happened with HD, DVD, and Blu-ray. It's whoever gets the most buy-in from the, the big broadcasters, the big um, movie studios, television studios. They're the ones who are going to win. Do you think that's what killed HD DVD? I think that's what killed HD DVD was that um, Sony, who came out with their Blu-ray, um, they've already got links into entertainment, the, the entertainment industry, movie, television. So it was a lot easier for them to get others on board. But don't you think that HD DVD was inferior to Blu-ray anyway? So it was always on the back foot? Yeah, yeah. But as we've seen with Format Wars over the you know, the history of Format Wars, the better format doesn't always win. Ah, well, yeah, VHS, Betamax. Exactly, VHS and Betamax. Betamax was by far the better format, but VHS won because a certain industry that drove video rentals back then. <laughs> I can't possibly think what, industry, what, what you're talking about there. Oh, you know, it's what the internet is for. Um, oh, you mean research and development? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah, they chose VHS and VHS won. And, and that was the end of it. I understand that the broadcasters, I think, still, well, up until recently, before digital technology came along, uh, were using Betamax, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. The um, the broadcast technology, the big um, racks of things in the um, news centers and the television stations they were it was still Betamax yeah it's kind of frustrating it's kind of frustrating when an inferior product gets so popular and because you kind of you kind of want both you kind of want the better product but you also want everyone else to have it with you so that you can yeah you you want you want one format to rule them all (laughs) that everybody uses and you want it to be the best format Oh, I just wish some of these companies would work together a little bit more can we get Hyundai and Panasonic together in a room and just say look Work together, come up with something jointly, split yeah. the profits. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like doing. If I was very rich, <laughs> I would do that. Yeah, it makes sense, but probably doesn't make good business sense to them. Well, I suppose they all want uh, they all want to claim, you know, get the kudos. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know it. Uh, it's been a, a rather short week in, in terms of tech as well, same as last week. Uh, and really, we've only got I've only got one story left to talk about, unless you you want to introduce something else. But the the last story I, I had here is uh, Silverlight. Um, sorry, what you say? What's who who? What's that? Silverlight. Yeah, yeah. What's Silverlight? <laughs> well, actually, what uh, what some people have done is uh, released a version called Moonlight, which I personally think is a much better name. It's and a it's, much nicer name, yes. And it's basically uh, an open source version of Microsoft Silverlight, but for Unix and Linux. Yep. Isn't that great? Isn't it great That's that people thing. just do this? It is indeed. I'm a bit disappointed that Microsoft didn't actually release a version for Linux and Unix because, I mean, that would be kind of their way of showing, you know, people that, you know, they're not just caring about their own products you know they they yeah, really that Silverlight really is. is going to take over the, the you know the, the, world. the interactive web yeah the world of interactive multimedia web applications and stuff yes it would be but I think it's possibly be possibly the um, Microsoft's um, stance on Unix <laughs> and Linux um 
working against them there. I, I, I suppose Moonlight's probably a better product too. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it probably did a better job. Me at all. <laughs> <laughs> probably not quite as bloated. <laughs> Although what I can't work out is how can you do that without breaking any sort of intellectual property? Um, you know. Well, obviously the obviously the 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 um the back end to it the uh, is is open released through some variant of Microsoft's um open source licensing um and so somebody's taken it and made a version which works for as a plugin for firefox on oh Linux. so so the back end is known is it and we they, they just build a, 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 a sort of a an interface yeah yeah oh it sounds a lot easier than i thought maybe i could yes. do one you, you could you could I'll, I'll do one for bios or something <laughs> BIOS doesn't exist anymore. Well, it? It, exists, but it exists, but under a different name. The people who were making BIOS gave up on it. Well, what actually happened? So tell us what, what happened. I don't know exactly what happened. All, all I know is that last time I looked at it, it was... Um, well, last time I looked at it, it was called something else now. Um, and it's it's been picked up by a completely different group of people to look after it. This new version of what was BIOS because the original developers gave up on it. For whatever reason, I don't know why. Probably because no one actually ever used it? Yeah. Or am I being a bit harsh? They, uh, they didn't have a big market share. Definitely they, they had that um, to go over. But they were working on some good stuff. You know, if you really want to search um, out there, the, there are some really obscure operating systems that some of them you've never heard of. Mm. <laughs> and really obscure different variants of operating systems. Well, Brett, I think that's it. That's all we've got to talk about. That is the show. Yeah, that, that's yeah. That's all that happened this it's week. I mean, look, been a very small week. Well, it has been a small <laughs> week, but there have been some big stories. The the smartphone uh, stories, uh, you know, it's big news. It's just it is. not much else out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one thing you didn't know, mention, which I thought was interesting, in, in your... um. Microsoft news was that Microsoft have um, properly announced their free upgrade for Vista users. Oh, to Windows Seven. Free. Yeah. You mean if I have Vista, I can go to Windows Seven Vista, for free? I, I believe if you had purchased Vista after a certain date, that they will upgrade you free, but you're stuck to a specific upgrade path. Oh, and it's not for for all Vista users. It's it's only within a certain date range. Within a certain date range, as far as I'm aware, so far. Oh, okay. So but it's, it's actually been it's actually out there now that they, you know, there is an upgrade path which is free for. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You are stuck to a certain a an upgrade path. If you have, for instance, Vista Home Premium, then you could only get. Windows 7 Home Premium version. Oh, you I couldn't agree. upgrade from Vista Home Premium to, to Windows 7 Ultimate. So they, they've still got all those versions: the Ultimate, the Home, the the Whiz Bang version. They the... do, they <laughs> do. However, the implementation they've put in Windows 7, I thought, was was much better than what they put into Vista. Each of those increments in Vista is like a new thing. So, if you upgrade from one 
increment of vista to the other increment of vista you lose all of the other bits and pieces inside your pre from your previous version because they are basically different versions of themselves oh, okay whereas all of the increments in windows 7 are as you would think they are a core and add-on bits so if you go from home premium windows 7 it'll have the the basic version of windows 7 core and the home premium bits on top of that and then you go to the professional version, and when you upgrade to that, all it does is add the professional bits onto what you've already got. So it's just really like plug-in components kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like it's it's modular upgrades. So this is what they should have done right from the start. So Windows Seven really is Vista. What should have been released as Vista. This is it. Yes. Yeah. But yes. You can forget yeah. Vista. It was kind of a mistake. We're a bit embarrassed about it. Pretend it never existed. This is Windows. This is what it. This is what Windows should be. <laughs> that's that's basically it. Well, actually, a, it actually does surprise. That's some good stuff. I'm I'm actually quite impressed with with what I've um, read from Windows Seven so far. Well, look, they had to do something. I mean, I think it was uh, it's fairly well accepted by not just Microsoft but others as well that it wasn't quite uh, what it what you know Vista I'm talking about wasn't quite yeah. what what it. What it was uh, hyped up to be. That's right. So, you know, they, they and look, they did it from what you're saying, and I've heard others say the same thing. They've done a good job with Windows 7. I guess uh, I've, I've yet to, to, to play with a copy and form my own opinion. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, I, think, uh, I think we're going to see a convergence of operating systems as well. That was my prediction some time ago. I think they're all, you know, they're all one and the same really now, aren't they? Don't you think? What do you mean? You, you think... Windows is the same as Linux. I think. That, well, no. I think some of the aspects of of the the GUI in in yeah yeah in the, Linux the, the user like interface Ubuntu. aspects we yeah. are seeing a convergence. Yeah. And, well, and, and what and you get on Linux, what you get on Apple, what you get yeah. on uh, Windows Seven, we'll start to see more of those things coming through as because it's what people use. It's their interface um, ideas. Um, like right from the get-go when Apple first brought out their window operating system and Microsoft jumped on the bandwagon for it, um, is somebody will take a step forward with user interface and everybody will go, oh my God, that's just so much easier to use, so much better. Let's all do it. And then, yeah, everybody else will develop their own rendition of it for their operating system and they might you know, take another step um, that everybody goes, oh my god, that's so brilliant. And so the other ones will come back and go, oh, we better do something. <laughs> I think that's what we've seen a lot of. So yeah, you're quite right. We are seeing a convergence of the um, the user experience from your um, desktop interface. And Actually, it's probably a bad thing, but I think uh, the what you see, in other words, the the user interface, I think it's easier to sell on than, you know, under the hood features that you don't see. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Saying that your um, <laughs> operating system is able to take advantage of the quad core processes and all that sort of stuff what does is that irrelevant mean? <laughs> to your regular user. Exactly. If they know that they can quickly and easily use this awesome animated taskbar thingy at the bottom to bring up all of their applications that they use and email and all that sort of stuff and it looks cool and flashy that's going to 
book people. And also, if you have something different in your user interface from one version to the next, as a customer, you feel like you're getting something for your money. I've got something new. I've paid more, but look, I've got this whiz-bangy thing down the bottom or on the side or whatever it is. Whereas exactly. if, you know, something else like oh, improved security and sort of, uh, you know, separate memory, uh, yeah, it's like, what? Yeah. I don't see improved that. Improved memory performance and um, yada, yada, yada are, they're good sellers, but they're not the core things. They're not what people will, somebody won't usually buy a new operating system because of better memory performance. They will <laughs> buy a new operating system because the Windows manager is transparent and has this awesome taskbar <laughs> and everything so much simpler to use. That they'll buy for. It's a the, little fact that, <laughs> the fact that it's more efficient on your memory is irrelevant to your regular user. Yeah, and look, hey, look, let's face it, when they're, when they're opening Outlook Express for Microsoft Word, they're not going to notice, are they? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I guess your, game well, is, your gamers would, but, <laughs> but they know the stuff. Mm, mm. You know, gamers know yeah. the stuff. Your mum and dad, your mum and dad uh, computer users will just, would, they'd never know. Open Internet Explorer, okay, so it loaded three milliseconds faster. I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for a lot of users, it could load up to a second faster and they wouldn't notice. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably quite true. All right, Brett, I think that's pretty oh, much yeah, it. Is there another story that you wanted to uh, talk about? Uh, nope, nope. Well, look, that's that's our show, another short one. Down, <laughs> organizing stuff from a new home. I, oh, yeah, wow, that's, that's going to take you a while, isn't it? Yes. You're going to be on next week? Um... Fingers Possibly. Fingers, I'll, I'll, Fingers crossed. Okay. Otherwise, it'll just be me. <laughs> That's really boring. It'd be the boy of tech. <laughs> the boy of tech. <laughs> I should register that domain as well, just in case. <laughs> uh, all right, Brett. Hey, look, it's been it's been great. Uh, another uh, great episode number four. Thank you very much, Brett, yeah, for uh, hosting this with me. Not a problem. And. As uh, Good luck with your move and we'll see uh, you next week. And thank you all for joining us and uh, we'll see you again next week for episode five. Bye-bye.